We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good evening and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, we're in the middle of the high school season here. Oh, Both man. of us are getting after it. <laughs> yep. And it is a fun time it's of year. It's so fun. You know, wherever you know, you get two matches a week now, and you go from the penthouse to the outhouse. <laughs> in one week. You go back into practice <laughs> and try to fix it all up. Oh, man. It's fun stuff. It's fun it stuff. Is so fun. But I did take, for the first time in 40 years, a week hiatus the first time oh, in yes. 40 years that i have missed volleyball in the fall wow 40 years man 40 years of every fall coaching high school volleyball so it must probably a- 1980 yeah probably 82 and i you know wow. i don't miss i know but this was a self-imposed missing on purpose okay what was it I went to New York City oh. to the U.S. Open Tennis wow. Championships. Oh my goodness! Let's Davis. go! That's you awesome. You see the best players in the world, man, practicing I know. their craft. Absolutely, and you're a tennis guy. I'm a tennis guy, yes. but I think that hey, it's good as a sports guy. Yes. As a coach, it's good to see the best players, and for me, mm-hmm. it's fun to play tennis and make stupid errors and do all <laughs> the stuff that you know you get on your players. Going, how can you make that? Well, hey. You see the best players in the world making errors that are just right. unbelievably kind of what we would call stupid errors. And right. hey, they make them, I make them, our players make them, and it kind of puts it in, in context. So it's good. Yeah, what a good But what it's good so experience. fun, so fun. Oh, the, the Big Apple, you know, I'm a San Diego Beach kid, and you go to the, New York, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm out of my own. But I saw Hamilton. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. you, have you seen I've Ham- seen Hamilton oh, okay. on TV. On TV. Okay, so well, so now we went to well, Broadway and saw wow. Hamilton. And, okay. And now I'm eating Top Ramen for the next three or four years, <laughs> you know, because those tickets aren't cheap. You <laughs> it's, know? it's all good. I had that What do you experience. like to watch? Is there any particular guys you like to watch out there? Tennis guys? Uh, well, I mean, I'm I, I watch all of them, but okay. I mean, hey, you know, the there's a 20. I mean, Alcaraz, you know, we watched him, okay. yeah, and the practice court, and then you know, Djokovic is the best of all time, oh, yeah. and they're slated to meet in the finals, and you know, they're both kind of in the semis now. It looks like so nice. it'll be. Uh, it, I mean, it's just it's just fun in New York. You know, the, the energy there is is cool. Oh, it's different. And and I was watching a bunch of matches on Big Ten Network. And so that was really cool. I oh, I know. The volleyball started. It's begun. And, I'm so stoked. And I was watching JJ's matches. You know, our friend oh, yeah. uh, JJ Van Neal is yep. the head coach at Arizona State. And he had, uh, I think his team's undefeated. Davis. They're playing well. They're playing really yeah, well. JJ yeah, JJ is uh, he's doing the job there. He's doing a good he's job. He's wearing a hat on the sidelines. I like it. <laughs> he's he's a head coach. Yep. Head packed. 
you know, 10 coach wearing the hat on the side, yeah. sporting, <laughs> right. the, sporting the lid. Hey, if you're undefeated, undefeated if you're it, it, works. it works. It works. Absolutely. Anyway, let's get rolling. What, right. uh, I think you're starting with a skill of the week. I'm starting got? with the skill of the week. And this week we are talking about Davis's deserted island drill. This is your first one. This I've had my two. First one. Yes. So now you're going to the island. Well, and it took me a while to actually think about what do I actually do? Because, you know, I like to mix it up a lot. Like I do two practices and then mix it up, two practices and then mix it up basically. And not completely, but this is something that I've just realized is a staple of almost every practice that I do. And okay. it's the listening game. Okay. Ooh. And there's lots of different ways that people can play the listening game. And I'll explain a few of my, uh, my ways, the ways that I like to play it. But really the listening game could be as simple as, you know, really anything where you apply a rule to the game and then they have to follow it and typically the players have to listen they have to listen and apply that rule to the way that that's they play. not so easy sometimes no. <laughs> well, and that's literally part of why you train it right, right? can right. we play and so here's a couple of things so one of my mentors early on was mary joe pepler I know you've spoken about Mary Jo yes. fondly. Yes, know, she's incredible. In several yeah. episodes. Yes. And that's uh, cool because I knew Mary Jo. Obviously, yes. Mary Jo was an all time player, but I really didn't. I mean, I knew she coached, but I, I never had really access to her as a coach. Well, and she was amazing at training coaches, right? And she really wanted to impart her, you know, knowledge on coaching to other coaches. And I was all in, I was interested. And one of the things she said always stuck with me. She says, she said the most flexible team wins. And she wasn't talking about physical flexibility. She was talking about ways to play, right? If you can play in a bunch of different interesting. modes. That is interesting right? because all of the science that we're getting into now is getting into the idea of adaptability. All the yep. eco D is about adaptability. Yep. Mary Jo was on it early. She was on it early. And I don't know if they- Tim she, Galway in her game yes. and Mary Jo Pepper. Absolutely. They were on it before everybody. Absolutely. They sure were. Sweet. And um, here's the logic. The logic is new patterns allow for new connections, right? So if you're not creating new muscle patterns, then you're really not creating new connections. You may be strengthening old connections, which is obviously really important too. But a lot of times we're training patterns that aren't exactly like the game is, meaning the game is quite variable. And doing a pattern, unless it is a variable pattern of, of movement, of anything really, may not simulate the game. So we want to simulate all the right. different ways the game can be played. Yep. You need the variability. Right. So why do I like the listening game and how do I play it? Well, I play it a bunch of different ways, but I usually play it to short, uh, short games, small scores. I usually play to four. And we play with the no junk rule generally, which means if you win the rally, but it's not scored the way that we want it to, you still win the ball back, right? And I found that having that simple rule allows a little bit more flexibility for them and they don't force the things and it, does, and it looks more like the volleyball that we play, okay? okay? Um, and then if you do, if you score in the way that we're trying to get you to play, then you'll get a point. And we usually play to four with your score resetting for no-goes. So you go all the way back to zero and different other things so we go back. Make sure we explain what a no-go is. I know yes. I think what your definition of a no-go, but make sure yes. that everybody. So I'm pretty tough on what a no-go is. If they're not making a full defensive move committed, that's a no-go. So they could do a courtesy dive. <laughs> that's a no-go. Even if they dive, I dove, no. Okay, diving doesn't mean you went. You have to read and react fully. 
question. Sure. Because I, I think I was a little bit, I, we had a match last night against OLP. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit, uh, let's say, uh, boisterous <laughs> on the bench <laughs> when one of my middle blockers didn't block a setter dump that was passed close to the net. So okay. is could blocking be a no go when okay so that it applies to blocking too absolutely okay yeah all right so that's sure. what i was asking. front row back row okay yeah. so i was so. okay getting on my player for lack of effort if she absolutely. didn't jump and block absolutely that's a that's a no-go as well all right you know, well, for sure then because effort is our first value so absolutely. i was okay then absolutely and you know i wasn't out of line they hate losing points teams like they would they would much prefer to get a point obviously then lose all their points and i think it's a worse punishment to lose all their points than to have the other team win i just think it they, it doesn't feel good to them but davis I, I think we need to make sure we stop and kind of realize what's going on here when you say hey back to zero for a no go yeah you're reinforcing your values yes and to do that on a consistent basis and to build that into your drills is something that is it's not done all the time. And that's a master coach move. I must tell you, my uh, friend, that's you. a master coach move. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. And, <laughs> and my team was kind of getting on me the first couple of times we did it, but about, you know, will you keep stopping it and talking to us about going? I'm like, well, what do you have to do? <laughs> Just go. I'll be quiet over here. And honestly, <laughs> that is one of the things that I like about the listening game. And you mentioned this, I think, on a recent pod is, can we set up the rules and the drills so that they, quote unquote, do the heavy lifting? And then I can coach other stuff besides the, the primary focus, which the drill is sort of designed yep. to address. Yep. So, okay. So, right. keep, so let's keep going with listening game. Okay. Now I, I kind of get the idea, but what kind of stuff are you doing? Okay. So really you, you're going to define a few restrictions. And the way I sort of set up this talk is to go from less restrictive is, is basically on this restrictive spectrum. And by restrictive, I mean, if you give too many rules, there can be, Paralysis by analysis. They're watching. Right. So themselves. you need just some when you say so constraints. Constraints. You exactly. have some constraints. What yeah. are the, your favorites? So my favorite. I have a bunch of different ones, but one is simple one. And we're gonna we're gonna start from open, less restrictive, less constraints, to more constraining. Right. right? And so the first one is you have to transition. Okay. Simple. Right now, the question I have for you, and the question I have for the listeners as well, is. When do you allow for exceptions? Because there's there's a interesting thought on that. Do you have any idea for you, like when you would allow exceptions? So say the rule is you got to transition or you can't score the point. You got to get all three hitters transitioned or you can't score the point. But what if the middle's transitioning and she collides with someone? Would you still say they can score the point or would you say no? Probably. I would say I would take it back to our values. Is the effort there? Ah. And so then if the effort's there, I would say that's okay. I love that answer because I think a lot of people would say yes or no. And I have a tendency to look at it in black and white. And I think your answer is a better answer. And that's what I've kind of done. And that's why I included the exceptions idea in here. I think there is a time for exceptions. Which stuff's going to happen. Yeah. And when you allow And we don't even know what it is until it happens. And we go, oh my gosh. She loses her shoe. I don't, right, right. That, oh, what happens when you, we don't have a rule for losing your shoe, right? Right. I mean, but it happens. And so you go, how do you do it? Well, did you keep playing or did you stop? Yeah. Absolutely. And I I love that. And I have a tendency sometimes to be like, you didn't transition no matter what, you know, 
no point, you know, and I think that can be a little defeating to the kids. And if you go back to, like you said, the attitude, uh, you know, your values, I think that that makes a ton of sense. It's really cool. Yeah. Did you run into somebody? Did you knock them over? Right. If you knock you them over, fast. then you get the point. <laughs> exactly. If you just gave them a little uh, mini hug, then you weren't transitioning fast enough. Yep, exactly. So. so, okay. So here's my, here's a couple of them. So you got to set with your hands. Okay. So easy. Simple, external. You got to set with your hands. Simple. To get a kill. It, it, exactly. Right. If, if so the point set. can't end. If it's a bump set, the point can't end. Exactly. You can win the ball back, but you can't score a point. Ah, I, simple. Right. I almost always love to reward blocks so that people are like attack blocking, trying to roof people. Otherwise, I find that they're just ready to transition. So right. almost always get a point for a block. And um, okay, so medium would be set middle on a good pass. Okay. Simple. It's kind of restrictive because it's forcing multiple players to do stuff, but it's also, it's also very doable. It's not going to force anything out of its comfort zone too much. Another one, serving golf, which I put in the middle. Do you remember the game serving golf that I talk about? Uh, I love your serving golf game. Give us just a quick kind of uh, primer on the the serving golf. Yeah. Basically me and you are playing um, serving golf. We're playing against each other. If we both get good serves, then the point for that round pushes to the next round and it's worth two points. Right. But go if, to the next hole. Exactly. But if it. you miss and I make it, then I give you points and you right. don't want points. Right. You don't want points. And, and the whole beauty of the game is you don't really have to coach a ton of that's a good toss. That's a bad toss. That's a good contact. Right. Because you're, you're shaping it through describing the serve. It has to be a fast, flat floater. Right. And if it's not, it doesn't count. And they yep. got to address it. So, yep. um, so that's a cool one. It's kind of kind of in the meat in the middle where I'm forcing them to serve the way that I want. I think you're cheating on this listing game because it's just so good. It's so flexible. You can do anything with it. That's why I was thinking of what do I do because I break these all into other little games, right? Yeah, but it's really just I, the listening game. Yeah, yeah, but it's the listening game. You're, you're cheating. This is too good. <laughs> this is too good. Uh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so restrictive. Okay. These are restrictive okay. ones, and and the one. Well, the pillow fight. I call it a pillow fight. Where sounds like me playing beach volleyball now. <laughs> exactly. As a as a sixty four year old. It's all shots. Describe. Okay, so it's all shots. Now we're talking. Right. Okay. I can play that game. Right. And then when you play it, you gotta call me. I'll come in and play with your team. Yeah, there you go. We can make it happen. That's awesome. The next one is uh, shot to kill. I call it shot to kill, where it, the very first ball has to be a shot and I can score with that. And then after that I have to get a kill on the very next ball. So, and I, and I can add hammering to that, but it's like, basically I got to, I got to know I'm going to get a shot and I have to transition it well enough to get a kill. So it's highly restrictive, meaning it has to happen in a very particular way, but it's also very common to happen in the game. And then my final one for today is the hammer game. And I love this one and it shapes up everything. So quickly. I love this game. Yeah. It's got a cool name. The hammer. How game. could you not love the hammer? Game, <laughs> That's right. you know? All you got to do is hammer is one, rule and the idea is they're going to make a bunch of you know poor choices on this but can you be super aggressive right and can you be organized enough to get a hammer that's a big part of it like the hitters are willing to hammer but can you get a set in scoring position right if the ball is five feet behind you it's hard to hammer yeah absolutely and so those are what i got right now i mean i again one of my favorite games super uh adjustable lots of different ways you can take it just Say we're playing the listening game. Tell them how they want to play. And you're usually doing the six on six. I usually do on six on six, but it could be five on right. five. Could okay. be four on four. Right. So usually play to four. And uh, see, I it. love the thing that probably the thing that I like the most about it is the idea of playing to four. 
Okay. We played a four and you go, okay, well, that was good. Let's do it again. Now yep. we're playing two out of three. Or you go, okay, that was good. We got it. Let's go to something else. Yep. Exactly. And so you have yeah. this kind of, yeah, I, I'm into these short bursts now yeah. rather than getting buried in drills. Like, can we get out of this drill for freaking 20 minutes? Right. Yeah. So I, I'm into the short stuff. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. I love it. The listening game. Go to the island, island play the listening game. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. on the scenario. Scenario. And, you know, once again, I'm a, I'm a cheater, Davis. You know, <laughs> I, I, I stole this from uh, volleyball coaches and trainers. Perfect. You know, my little Perfect. Facebook group. Yep. My team, the scenario is my team starts strong and then starts to wilt as the match progresses. Oh, great, great topic for sure. Yeah, scenario. Yeah. And, and that came up on the, uh, on uh, the, the Facebook group yeah. and people were sharing some things. So I had some ideas and I thought we might get into some. Of okay. Them. So number one, of course, I always ask, is it true? <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> because was the other team just bleeding points early? So sometimes teams come out and they play poorly. Right. So were you playing well or was the other team just playing poorly? Okay. And did a server get hot? Did one of your servers get hot and that kind of, uh, you know, had you thinking that you were playing well, but you weren't playing that well. You're just playing like you normally play, but one of your servers got a bunch of aces. Right. So you got this big lead and then coasted to victory. Okay. So that's number one is really assessing and saying, Hey, are we playing clean volleyball? What is really happening? Uh, number two, uh, are we reinforcing behaviors in good times and in bad? And you've heard me get into this before. And, and so what are the things that hold us together? We're going to play horrible ball. Every volleyball team in the world is going to play streaks of horrible volleyball. Yes. And, we shouldn't be surprised. You know, I, all these, you know, I read all these coaches online. I can't believe how bad my team was. No, every <laughs> team is it. bad. Believe it. it. It's coming. <laughs> right. It's coming. Right. The best teams in the world do it. No so, what, yeah. um, but what are the things that hold you together? And, you know, I'm a huddle guy, you know, I'm a, Hey, can we do the same thing in the huddle every time? Can we run in, be together, get eye contact, do something verbal and come out more together and be ready for the next point. Okay. So, is that something that keeps us stable through these high and low times? Uh, same thing with the bench. I think the bench is a part of that too. Is the bench consistently optimistic or are they too high and too low? Do they go crazy when everything's great? And then you look at them and you know, they're all sad faces when you're playing like crap. Right. Okay. Or are they waiting for something good to happen? You know, and so that idea of the bench for us is very important. Uh, awareness of the nature of the game. And this kind of uh, is, is a uh, repeat of what we just talked about. Hey, if they're two equally talented teams, they're going to go at it. Right. And you're going to have streaks where you play well and streaks when you don't play well, when they play well, and it's going to be close. And can you get your team prepared for that? Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know, if you're playing a weak team and, you know, you're winning, you know, all these sets, you know, 25 to 10 or whatever, you know, you have to find ways to challenge your team. So when they get pressed, they're used to it. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, using timeouts. And this is, you know, I'm a guy that uses timeouts early rather than late. Yeah. And, you know, if we're down, uh, 
like I'm a like three to four point like, like a three point thing. I don't like it to go to four. Okay. And so if it's you know if I've used a timeout early and then it's seventeen to uh, fifteen and they go eighteen fifteen, I'll call it right then. I'll say, hey, I don't want it to go to four. And they go, well, what about the end of the game? Do you have it? No, we have in high school, we have a lot of subs. Right. I'll slow it down with subs. But I don't want, I, I see all these coaches calling time, you know, calling timeouts when it's 22 to 10. Right. Like, Games you can't help your reach. team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, from a coaching standpoint, can I help my team stay competitive through these downtimes? Can I, can I add one little thing to oh, that? Oh, by all means. So the three, the three is interesting because I think you know that three is the number that you guys can come back from basically meaning for some teams that number could be higher or lower depending on how good you are so well i'm looking at really two even teams right so the teams are even and so hey if i'm up by four i'm feeling there's something about that number four for me that is the number that if the teams are even once again, if the teams aren't even, if I think we're better than the team, I might let it go to five, you right. know, just because I well, think, hey, it'll come back around. We'll be okay. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of like, because in our match the other night, it was so many runs that were so much longer than three that when they got one run, it stretched out to like eight, one at one point. But the runs were so big on both sides that I wasn't all that worried. I did take a timeout. But it's like we can come back from that even though we're down by that because the our runs were commensurate with theirs right yeah and, and so, so that's it's, so, it's just something to think you have about to kind of look at you know yeah uh and then i am into emotional timeouts yes. so if i feel like hey it's you know we start off a set and it's zero two or zero three and we don't make moves for balls or something early on i'll call a timeout i'm not adverse to on timeout super early saying hey i don't think we're in the right mental place from a you know our values hey right. our effort wasn't good on these first couple of points we stop and get their attention listen our effort has to be high level okay uh designating leaders what other behaviors that we want to reinforce and when you say that okay well we wilt as the match progresses what are your leaders doing and what are your captains doing? How are people going into the huddle? What are people doing t- during timeouts? What is their body language? What are the, uh, how do they communicate? Right. We need to teach those things because those things don't happen naturally. And when we want a team that plays kind of on this, you know, hey, we want a team that, that you know, reaches some highs, but we, we want them to plateau. Right. We don't want them to go up and down, right? right? We want them to plateau and keep playing at this high level. And they'll go, there'll be dips, of course, because that's the nature of our game. You're playing good teams. But we want to keep things, uh, uh, you know, as consistent as possible. And how do we get that consistency uh, with our leaders? Next, uh, coaching, tactical awareness. What has changed? So mm-hmm. if you get off this big lead and you win set one and you blow them out and then you start set two and all of a sudden you're down, what did that coach do? Right. And is it time for another adjustment? Do we need to maybe spin the wheel? Right. Um, do we need to change our offense? Did they just kind of, are they sending their middle out to our best attacker? 
And do we need to do something else? Do we need to change our defense? Do they just say, oh, well, those guys are back, tip every ball or whatever. Do we need to make an adjustment? And sometimes coaches don't do that. They're just kind of stubborn and don't do that. And so when people go, oh, my team isn't doing this. Well, what are you doing as a coach? Are you being adaptable and changing as the match changes? Great, great point. Uh, and then finally, probably the most important thing for me is the idea of practice scenarios. And hey, if you think your team doesn't uh, perform in certain situations, then let's practice them. So let's say you think your team starts fast and then wins a set and then doesn't play well. So let's play a set and we're going to start it at 24-16. And we play it out. And then right after, hopefully, your team, you know, the side A wins, right? 24-17. So you kind of, or 24-16, you blow them out. And then you start the next game at 14-17. Let's go. Let's play. Okay. And so now you have this idea that you're doing this in practice. How about you're up 1-0 and you play to 5 to go up 2-0 or be tied 1-1? Oh, I like that. Okay. How about that one? I like that one a lot. Okay. Yeah. How about you're down 2-1, but you're up 24-22 in the fourth? Ooh, I like all these. these are so cool. you just yeah. put scenarios into practice. And I see all this six-on-six six that teams are playing, and they're playing games at 25. And when you put in scenarios that get them in specific situations, now your team is used to those situations, yep. right? And you say, okay, well, no, my team knows how to play in those situations. Right. My team knows how to lose and come back and win another. Yes. Um, because, hey, in competitive matches, you're not going to win 3 0. Right. If you're right. playing a good team, right. you're yeah. not going to win 3 0 against a good team. Yeah. So, what happens when you lose? Yeah. No, I love it. So, that's now, it. I, I love it. Now, I noticed you didn't say anything about fitness. So, what's your take on fitness if you have the same, you know, scenario? Because I think I. I I think in my mind, I hear coaches saying, well, if my team's wilting, it must be because they're out of shape, something like that. What do you think about that? I don't know, Davis. I, <laughs> you know, in the old rally score, in the, in the old side-out scoring days, matches lasted longer. But these right. matches don't. I mean, if a kid is, I mean, taking a ton of swings, if she's the ace attacker taking a ton of swings, and they're serving her every ball or whatever, there might be a fitness thing. But... I have a tough time thinking that a middle can't go in for three rotations and play hard, you know, for a five set match. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think if we're practicing hard and kids are going hard in practice, they should be fit. That's that tends to be my, my thing too. I would look more to these corrections that you talked about. than we need to get on the line and get more fit. So All right. that's just my little two recommendations. So you are up on, the resource. All right. The resource. So the resource is this guy I heard on a pod. His name is Brad Stolberg. Okay. He has a website, uh, bradstolberg.com. It'll be on the uh, the show notes. He has two books, blog, website. His books are called Master of Change. Okay. So he talks about this idea of adaptability and change we were just talking about and the practice of grounded. Oh, okay. And some of the uh, subjects that he gets into uh i'll get into seven of these right here okay number one developing and harnessing productive motivation not too bad huh that's cool settling into deep focus flow states oh okay all right nice managing uncertainty okay okay resilience self-awareness risk-taking 
effective leadership. Wow. So good. That's a so bunch of stuff. great topics. Yeah, yeah. And he gets into it. And I, I mean, the guy is kind of a low key guy. I mean, he had a kind of a soft touch with this and, you know, wasn't super prescriptive. It was like, well, Hey, uh, a lot of things depend on the context. And I, I just, I, I really liked them. So you should check them out. Brad Stolberg. Very cool. We'll, we'll definitely have the link to that in the show notes. And for our listeners, please feel free to check us out on Instagram and uh, at AOC.TheVolleyPod and on Twitter at TheVolleyPod. And once again, really cool episode. Thanks so much, Todd. Davis, you're the best. See ya. Absolutely. Bye-bye.